Podcastle episode 212 for June 12th, 2012. Squonk and the Lake Monster by P.M. Butler. Rated G. Hello and welcome back to Podcastle. I'm Dave Thompson and I've got some good news and some bad news. I think we're going to go with the bad news first. As I'm sure most of the people listening know, we lost a great voice in science fiction and fantasy this past week. The one and only Ray Bradbury has made one last journey into the October country, never to return. Bradbury's stories probably meant as much to me as any singular writers did when I was younger. I remember reading Fahrenheit 451 for a school book report and after finishing it, had to put it down and just think about it for an afternoon. I went on to read Something Wicked This Way Comes soon after that, and then dove into a bunch of his short story collections and been in love with reading fantasy and science fiction stories ever since. When we lose someone like that, there's a natural tendency to mourn, and I'll be honest, there's maybe two people in the whole world I know who have any idea how sad news of Ray Bradbury's passing made me. That said, I read a little forum post by one of Podcastle's moderators, Aussie Cat, who said, His passing isn't necessarily one we should mourn. Because people he lived, lived, as Mr. Electrico commanded him to. Maybe not forever, but at the ripe age of 91, with over 600 stories and several novels, well, his legacy isn't going anywhere anytime soon, and I think in the end, that's pretty good news. Sad, yes, but celebrating his life and stories? Absolutely. Here's some more good news. To help us find the medicine for this melancholy as the schedule would have had it, we've got a fun one for you this week. A brand new Squonk story. Podcastle's very happy to present Squonk and the Lake Monster by P.M. Butler, a Podcastle original. This is the fourth of author P.M. Butler's Squonk stories we've run here at both Podcastle and Escape Pod. The first two ran over at Escape Pod before there was even a Podcastle. The last one we ran here was episode 124, but if you haven't listened to any of them before, I wouldn't worry too much about it. They seem to stand pretty well on their own. You can find author P.M. Butler at BlairHippo.com, and for the adults out there who dig what he's done, you might want to check out the new anthology, Bronies, for the love of ponies. But don't let the ponies confuse you. Since I rated this episode G, I really can't say the title of Butler's story, but suffice to say, his pony has a bit of a potty mouth. Our reader this week is Podcastle fan favorite, my buddy, the horrible Wilson Fowley of the Maple Leaf Singers. Wilson's read too many stories for me to recount here, but most recently he read for us The Second Voyage of Sinbad the Sailor, which was episode 196. So throw on your swimsuits and enjoy the story. Squonk and the Lake Monster by P.M. Butler Sometimes you don't realize how bad a bad idea really is until your best friend is suddenly plummeting head over ringtail to his certain death. Squonk and Slowfingers had been playing catch. Well, trying to play catch. You see, Squonk was a dragon, and his best friend Slowfingers was a raccoon. They were both apprentices to a wizard named Wendell, 
They liked hanging around each other, but there wasn't a lot they could do together. Unlike most of Squonk's other friends, Slowfingers didn't have wings. And unlike Slowfingers' other friends, Squonk had to be very careful not to step on him. But according to Wendell, being a wizard didn't mean you ran away and hid from problems. It meant grabbing your problems and showing those problems who's boss. So Squonk had come up with the idea of playing a nice game of catch. It worked like this. Slowfingers would pick an acorn and throw it as hard as he could from the top of a tall tree since his throws needed the head start. Squonk would try to watch the teeny tiny acorn as it bounced off leaves and branches and stick out his paw where he thought it would land. After inspecting his paw carefully to confirm he'd missed, Squonk would set another acorn in his paw and use a talon on his other paw to flick it at Slowfingers. If he was lucky, he'd get it somewhere near the tree Slowfingers was in, and Slowfingers could watch it go by. This was every bit as frustrating and not fun as it sounds. But then, finally, Squonk got his return acorn near enough to Slowfingers that he could catch it. If he leaned out way too far. Which brings us back to where we started, with the plummeting and tumbling and certain death. Gah! Squonk shouted. Raccoons didn't have wings. Squonk sprinted, his heart pounding, his mouth dry. He couldn't let Slowfingers hit the ground. He just couldn't. Squonk tried to guess where Slowfingers was going to land, but then Slowfingers bounced off one branch, then another. Fall straighter, Squonk shouted. Slowfingers hit a particularly springy branch and hung on for dear life as Squonk dove underneath, paw outstretched. Slowfingers' eyes were wide with fear. Eep, he said. Then the branch flung him back into the air. Claws digging into the earth, Squonk ran as fast as his huge legs could carry him while slow fingers flew in a long, graceful arc. Try flapping, Squonk shouted, dodging small trees and kicking up great clumps of dirt. Slow fingers flapped. It didn't help. Slow fingers was definitely going to hit the ground this time, but Squonk was gaining. Until he tripped over a small pine tree. No! Squonk went sprawling, plowing a great dragon-sized trench. He tried to get his paw out from under himself and rolled to his side and extended one of his wings. With a muffled oof, Slowfingers landed on Squonk's wing, bounced a bit, and slid to the ground. Slowfingers, Squonk said. Squonk had a snoutful of dirt and a mouthful of rosebush. Slowfingers? Squonk said, getting to his feet. Are you... That's when Squonk noticed two things. Rosebushes have thorns. And thorns hurt, even after you spit them out. Ouch! Ow, Slowfingers agreed. Slowfingers... Squonk's mouth was filled with pain, and he was trying to keep his tongue from touching any of it. You alright? I'm not... not... sure... Slowfingers moaned as he rolled onto his feet. Think so. Ow! Slowfingers had tried to stand and yelped when he put his weight on his left foreleg. Squonk didn't know what to say. You, um, that was a really good catch. Slowfingers sat up, clutching his injured leg. This, he panted, this is all your fault. Squonk reared his head back, shocked. What? The tree was your idea. I wouldn't have fallen if it weren't for you. 
Try flapping? What kind of stupid idea is that? It's not my fault you don't have wings. Now Squonk was getting mad. He'd worked hard to slave slow fingers, and he'd caught him, sort of. Of course I don't have wings. I'm a raccoon, you, you big dumb dragon. Squonk didn't know what to say. He was a dragon, but Squonk. Uh-oh. He looked up to see a small blue bird diving towards him. Hi, Mom. He said. Hi, Mrs. Tweedlechirp. Slowfingers said. What on earth happened here? Mrs. Tweedlechirp landed on a nearby branch. Are you hurt, Slowfingers? And squonk! Goodness gracious! Why is your mouth bleeding? He'd been so busy being mad at Slowfingers, he hadn't even noticed the funny taste in his mouth. Rosebush, he said. Mrs. Tweedlechirp looked very, very unhappy. Squonk tried to make himself smaller. It didn't work. All right, you two, she said. Squonk, you pick up your friend and carry him back home. And on the way, I want to hear everything. Her eyes got a little narrower. And I do mean everything. Squonk gulped. As the sun went down. Squonk lay curled up in his room and grumbled to himself, "Stupid slow fingers!" After a stern lecture about being careful with friends who can't fly, his mother had sent him to his room, which was pretty much the entire nest. But well, you know how parents are. Why can't he have wings like a normal person? At least Mom had pulled the rest of the thorns out of his mouth. It still hurt, but he could understand all the words he was grumbling to himself. So that was an improvement. Hello, Squonk. Despairing Nevermore, a raven, settled on a branch near Squonk's nest. She wasn't one of his closest bird friends, but she was a wizard's apprentice with him and Slowfingers. Hey, Sparing. You don't look very happy, she said. What's wrong? Slowfingers fell out of a tree, he said. He almost added, and it was my fault. Except he didn't, because it wasn't. Despairing gasped. Did he die? Despairing sounded more excited than worried, much more excited, really. But Squonk didn't say anything about it. Ravens were just weird like that. No, he said. But I got in trouble, and got a rosebush in my mouth. Oh, Despairing said. Still, a rosebush. That sounds pretty painful. Was it? Squonk sighed. How come I have to be a dragon? Despairing shrugged. Because the world needs huge lumbering things that are filled with meat. I mean, he said, it wouldn't be so bad if there were other dragons to play with. I always have to be so careful all the time. Don't step on this. Don't accidentally crush that. Be more careful. You almost swatted Mister Snuffles over the moon with your tail. You're not nearly as cheerful as I thought you were, Despairing said. I need to hang out with you more. Everybody's so small. Nobody's as big as me, except for Ogo Pogo. Despairing said. Otherwise, not even Mrs. Honeylog. Who? You know, the old bear, our fellow apprentice. No, who's Ogo Pogo? You don't know. Despairing said. He's a monster who lives in the lake up in the hills. Have you met him? No. Despairing said. But I hear he's terrifying, and she sounded like she very much wanted to meet him. Meeting somebody as big as himself sounded great. Do you know how to find him? 
I know where his lake is, Despairing said. Let's go see him. I'm not supposed to, Despairing said. It's a long ways away, and it's really dangerous. Yeah, let's go see him. Can't go right now, Squonk said. I gotta stay in my room, but wanna go tomorrow morning before Wendell starts teaching? First light? First light. Squonk was so excited he barely slept. For the first time ever, he was going to meet somebody as big as him. It was going to be awesome. They could talk about, about big person stuff. About, you know, not accidentally crushing things and... Okay, Squonk wasn't sure exactly what they were going to talk about, just that it was going to be great. As soon as the sky grew red with dawn, Despairing Nevermore was at his nest. Ready? Squonk nodded and looked over at his mother, sleeping in her little nook. Bye, Mom, he said. Gonna go out for a fly with Sparing. Be careful, sweetie, she mumbled. This way. Despairing flew and Squonk followed. They glided over forest and hills for a long time. Something seemed like it was missing, and when Squonk realized what it was, it surprised him. I miss Slowfingers, he said. What? Slowfingers has been riding in my apprentice hat when I've been flying lately, he said. He's not used to what stuff looks like from up here, and he talks about it. It's actually kind of neat. Why isn't he used to... Oh, raccoons don't have wings. Forgot. So did I. Squonk said. Too bad he turned into a big fat jerk all of a sudden. Dumb dragon. <laughs> they found Ogopogo's lake nestled in the hills, its black waters still and smooth. I wonder where Ogopogo is, Despairing said. Well, Squonk said, if he's big like me, he'll be easy to find. Lake monsters are not easy to find. They flew from one end of the lake to the other and back again. The only thing that looked the least bit lake monsterish turned out to be a rotten log, and they both felt pretty silly for thinking it was a monster. This is a lot less fun than I thought, Squonk said. I know, Despairing said. I expected him to be more enormous and terrifying and less hidden and not there. Where could he be? Under the water, maybe, Squonk said. How deep do you suppose the water is? I don't know, Despairing said. I've never been under a lake before. Let's have a look. They flew down to the edge of the lake. Squonk took a deep breath and dunked his head in the water. Well, Despairing asked when he pulled his head back out, did you see him? Nope, Squonk said. I couldn't see anything. It all looked like, like dirt, like blurry, cloudy dirt. Maybe if you shouted his name while you were underwater... Can you do that? Shout underwater? Despairing shrugged. I don't know. I've never tried that either. Squonk tried. It turns out that you can't shout underwater. And if you try, you get a whole lot of nasty, muddy, icky-tasting water in your lungs that you have to cough back up. Sorry, she said when Squonk was done coughing. I think what you were doing is called drowning. It's a way to die. I don't think I like lakes very much, Squonk wheezed. Next time we want to try doing something under the water, how about you do it instead of me? That seems fair, Despairing said. Squonk heard a rustling in the bushes behind them. He turned to see a deer cautiously poking her head out. Her eyes went wide and she froze in place. Hi, Squonk said. 
Eek, the deer said. Squawk tried not to move much. Deer tended to run off if you moved too fast. I'm Squonk, and this is Despairing Nevermore. Do you live around here? The deer nodded slowly. Are you here to eat me? Squonk frowned. Of course not. Why would I do that? Okay. The deer didn't sound convinced. We were looking for somebody who lives in this lake, Despairing said. Do you know... The deer shrieked and ran for her life. Despairing cawed and took to the sky. Squonk spun around. A huge, dragon-like head roared from atop a long, snaky neck coming out of the water. Finally! And he definitely looked like he was as big as Squonk. Hi, Squonk said. Oh, boy. You're Ogopogo, right? The dragon-headed creature, who may or may not have been Ogopogo, stopped roaring for a moment and looked confused. Then he roared again. Um, hi? Squonk tried. Roar! Hi? Roar! Can you not talk? Squonk asked. Of course I can talk, the creature said. And of course I'm Ogopogo. What, are you too scared to run away or something? No, Squonk said. So scared you're having a heart attack, maybe? You startled me a bit, Squonk said. But I don't get scared much. Why not? Okopogo said. What are you, stupid? No, Squonk said. Dragon. Oh, does anything scare you? Um, raccoons falling out of trees, I guess, Squonk said. That's stupid. Yeah, kinda. Well, I thought you were scary, despairing enthused from atop the tree she'd fled to. Terrifying, actually. Yeah? Ogopogo cheered up a bit. Good, because I am terrifying. Ooh, ooh, a big person thing to talk about. I get that sometimes, too, Squonk said. What do you do about accidentally scaring people? Ogopogo stared at him, obviously confused. Squonk could see that his head was only dragony in a very loose sense. It was much smoother than his own, and he had some weird little flappy things just behind his head on his neck. What, if I stick my head out and didn't know anybody was there? A good roar usually does the trick, he said. If you're bad at roaring, I guess you can practice, but I don't have to, because I'm naturally terrifying. No, Squonk said. I mean, what if you don't want to scare them? Now Ogopogo just looked baffled. Why wouldn't I want to scare them? Why would you want to? Squonk asked. Because it's hilarious, Ogopogo said. I jump out and roar, and they run for their lives. And then I laugh, because it's funny. Oh. Most of the time, when they're not so stupid, they don't run away. This wasn't going the way Squonk had thought it would. So, um, Squonk said, what's the rest of you look like? I mean, do you have legs or wings or what? Legs are stupid, Ogopogo said. So are wings. I have flippers. Flippers are awesome. Swimming is way better than running or flying. Oh, Squonk said, I know what swimming is. That's moving through the water, right? Duh. I've never been swimming before, Squonk said. Could you show me how to do it? Sure, I guess, Ogopogo said, but you're going to be bad at it, because you don't have any flippers or anything. That's okay, Squonk said. I'm learning to be a wizard, and I'm not any good at that yet, either. 
Wendell says sometimes it just takes a while to learn hard things. Wendell sounds dumb, Ogopogo said, and swimming is easy, for me, because I'm awesome at it. Okay, so Ogopogo was kind of a jerk, only without the kind of. Maybe he was just sad because he didn't have anybody big like him to hang out with? And maybe he'd be a bit nicer if he was doing something he liked? Let's go swimming, Squonk said. Hey, Despairing, you want to come swimming with us? Sure. It turns out that ravens swim even worse than dragons. A soggy Despairing sat on Squonk's head while he slowly dragon-paddled his way across the lake. I think you were right about lakes, she said, spreading her feathers to let them dry. I told you you'd suck at this, Ogopogo said, swimming easily around them. He disappeared under the water and came back up on the other side of Squonk. See? Totally easy. I think I'm getting better, Squonk said. Swimming was hard, but it was fun, or rather probably would have been fun if somebody other than Ogopogo was showing him how to do it. Try swishing your tail, Despairing said. Huh? Your tail, she said. Try swishing it back and forth. I think he's doing it. Squonk tried, and Despairing was right. Swishing his tail definitely helped. Cool, he said. Ogopogo snorted. About time you figured that out. How much longer do you think we can swim? Despairing said. Squonk looked up. The sun was getting close to noon, but wasn't quite there yet. Sun's not top of sky yet. Okay, we still have some time. Wait, how long is it going to take us to get back? Uh-oh. Hey, Ogopogo. Yeah? Swimming is really fun and all. Told you. But me and Sparing have to get going. We need to get to Wendell's Glade and learn to be wizards when it's noon. This Wendell guy makes you be places? Ogopogo scoffed. That's lame. You're lame. Squonk fumed. Ogopogo wasn't a jerk because he didn't have anybody big like him to hang out with. He was a jerk because he was a jerk. He was a jerk on the outside and a jerk on the inside. If Ogopogo was a nest, he'd be woven from long strands of jerk, resting on a big fat jerk branch home to a family of smelly dumb jerk birds and their mean annoying jerk eggs. All right, Squonk said, turning towards the shore. See you later. Hopefully much, much later. Later can be another word for never, right? Hey, want to see why else you're lame? Ogopogo said. Ogopogo bit Squonk's neck behind his head and shoved him underwater. What the tree snake? Squonk couldn't see anything because you couldn't see anything underwater. He couldn't breathe because you can't breathe water. He thrashed around and struggled and tried to push off against something, but there wasn't anything to push off against, just more water. Squonk knew how to defend himself. He knew woodpecker foo, but he couldn't move his head to peck, and he couldn't tell where Ogopogo's eyes were, but he knew where Ogopogo's head was. He reached up with a paw and grabbed Ogopogo's neck. He could play that game too. He gave it a good hard yank and felt Ogopogo's teeth leave his own neck. Then Ogopogo started swimming, dragging Squonk as he held on. The water got even darker and Squonk's head felt funny. I have to get out of here, he thought. But where's up? I don't know where up is. It was probably the opposite direction Ogopogo was going. He let go of the lake monster and dragon-paddled and tail-swished for all he was worth, heart-pounding, lungs aching, hoping that the top of the lake was there somewhere, somewhere. 
His head broke through the surface of the water, and Squonk took a breath that felt better than every other breath he'd taken in his life put together. He heaved himself up and spread his wings, trying to get them clear of the water long enough to flap properly. His wings smacked the water over and over, but Squonk didn't care. He'd just learned to swim. He already knew how to fly. He could combine them, right? It turned out that he could. He climbed into the sky, dripping water. Despairing glided down next to him, a little wet and a lot ruffled, but otherwise looking all right. You okay? she asked. Squonk nodded. Let's just get out of here. What do you think, kid? Ogopogo shouted from beneath them. Did that scare you? <laughs> His roaring, cackling laughter followed them off the lake. Twigberry-headed, tree-snake-hearted, flightless, feather-plucking, egg-smashing jerk, Squonk mumbled. Despairing's eyes went a little wide at Squonk's extremely rude language. Definitely, she said, but you got to admit, the guy does have a certain sense of style. Squonk, Despairing Nevermore, and Wendell the Wizard's other four apprentices all learned a new word that day. Tardy. On the way back, Squonk and Despairing had debated what to say to Wendell about where they'd been. Despairing favored a lie-our-feathers-off strategy, but Squonk was less sure. His mom had this way of telling when he was lying, and she always figured out what he was trying to hide, so he just wound up in trouble for whatever he'd been trying to hide and in trouble for lying. It turned out not to matter. Wendell didn't care why they were late, only that they were late. Every time he asked a question, he asked it to either Squonk or Despairing directly. Of course they didn't know the answers, they'd missed the first part of class. It was extremely embarrassing. And as the sun went down and ended class for the day, Squonk realized that was probably the point. Ugh, what an awful day. Slowfingers ambled over to him after class as everybody else left the glade for their homes. Hey, Squonk. Hey, Fingers, Squonk said. Slowfingers was walking awkwardly on his hind legs. One of his forelegs, the one that had been injured in the fall, had some sort of white thing around it that held it close to his chest, which kept him from walking on it, or doing much of anything else with it, really. What's that? Slowfingers looked at his injured limb. It's called a sling. Wendell made it for me. Says it'll help my leg heal faster. Hurts a lot less, that's for sure. Wow. Is it magic? Nah. At least Wendell says it isn't. Hey, have you noticed that whenever Wendell does something interesting, he almost never says it's magic? Yeah, Squonk said. Why is that? I don't know, Slowfinger said. Maybe it's one of those puzzles he wants us figuring out for ourselves? Could be. Squonk felt weird. He felt like he was supposed to be angry with Slowfinger's, but why? Getting called dumb didn't seem like that big a deal anymore. Besides, Slowfingers must have been really scared. Squonk knew what that was like now. Slowfingers, Squonk said. I, um, flying when you don't have wings is really scary, isn't it? Slowfingers nodded. Not so bad when somebody with wings is doing the flying, he said. But without, no, don't plan on doing that again, that's for sure. Squonk took a deep breath. You were right, he said. It was my fault you fell. 
I didn't think about you falling because I forgot you don't have wings, and that was dumb. I'm sorry. That's okay, Slowfinger said. Sorry I yelled at you. And you were great, by the way. You saved my life. Thanks. No problem, Squonk said. He felt like something very heavy and unpleasant had been lifted off of him. So, um, I guess no more games of catch? Not with me in a tree, no. So what other games can we play? I've been chewing on that one, Slowfinger said. You know that alphabet thing we've been learning? Yeah. How about we make letters? Squonk frowned. You mean drawing them in the dirt like we do with Wendell? No, I mean like make them out of things. Like if you wove a little nest but made it without the bit in the middle, it'd look like an O. I've never made a nest with a hole in the middle, Squonk said. And that wouldn't work for something like an A. But maybe if we used some straight sticks? Yeah, Slowfinger said. And maybe got some mud to hold them together? And that's how Squonk learned not to worry so much about his friends not being dragons like him. Though truth be told, Squonk still wouldn't have minded meeting another actual dragon. He just hoped any other dragons he met wouldn't be the sort of jerks who would scare you and drown you just for the fun of it. He needn't have worried. Most other dragons were more the set-you-on-fire-and-eat-you-for-the-fun-of-it sort of jerks. But that's another story. And welcome back. All I can say about this one is, bullies totally suck, and be excellent to everyone. Okay, feedback this week is for Podcastle 204, The Rowan Gentleman, by Holly Black and Cassandra Clare, read by Kara Grace. This was the story of a young actress and a theater troupe who stumbles onto a series of murders, and the shadowy figure who may be a murderer or a savior. Reaction to this one was interesting. Yeah, we had some technical issues with the recording, but I have to say I think Kara turned in a solid reading that some listeners really seem to enjoy. As for the technical problems themselves, well, we'll keep trying to do better. On to the comments, Scattercat said, This was enjoyable, but it's very self-consciously in a secondary world. And the actual plot felt a little hallucinatory and vague in comparison. A titch too much movie version of V for Vendetta for my taste. All I could see was a bunch of elves and Guy Fox masks. And Yakeman said, The story itself was fun and light, which is odd because it was about a group of masked vigilantes taking on a murderous drug manufacturer. Magic equals drugs is a well-worn trope, but this felt like a refreshing take on the idea. Thank you so much for those comments, and we look forward to hearing what you all have to say about this week's episode. Hitch a ride on a friendly neighborhood dragon over to forum.escapeartist.net. And if you like what we're doing, please consider visiting podcastle.org and making a donation. Every single cent goes to paying our authors and keeping our castle away from monstrous bullies. Thanks. And if you can't donate, no worries. Maybe consider blogging, tweeting, telling a friend, or writing a review on iTunes about us. You can do something like that, right? Thank you so much. Well, that was our show. We hope you enjoyed it. Podcastle's made up of assistant editor Anne Leckie, sound producer Peter Wood, and your editors, Anna Schwind and myself, Dave Thompson. 
And on behalf of all of us, I want to thank you for letting us share another story with you. We'll be back next time with an alternate history piece of dark magic and sorceress constables, courtesy of Elizabeth Bear, because we're awesome at it. See you in a week. Podcastle is a production of Escape Artists Incorporated and is distributed on a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Share it, but don't change it or sell it. Our theme music is by Shiva in Exile. You can find them at magnatune.com. You can discuss this episode of Podcastle or nearly anything else on our forums. Just visit forum.escapeartist.info. And if you like science fiction or horror, be sure to visit our sister podcasts, Escape Pod and Pseudopod. And if you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, or post your blog about it, or consider donating via the PayPal link on our site. Ray Bradbury said, Stuff your eyes with wonder. Live as if you drop dead in ten seconds. See the world. It's more fantastic than any dream made or paid for in factories. Legs are stupid. So are wings. I have flippers. Flippers are awesome.